Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientificization dedicated to showing proof of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in the school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifest in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and they are not names. And the Apostle Paul filled with the Holy Spirit tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, there are lords many and there are gods many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. And we've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. 
Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifests himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine at Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build a physical one in the wilderness, just like the one on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby a man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And ten, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. 
We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Frank DeMassey from our excused class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. And that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Yeah. Everybody want to bow their hearts and minds. Get all the thoughts of the flesh out of your head and get in a special place where you can communicate with your Heavenly Father. Dear Father, allow us to keep our eyes on the high, on the prize of the high calling that we could appreciate and realize the grace that's been bestowed upon us, that you've given us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to incorporate your very nature. Allow us the patience and long suffering to always show love to one another into the world and to always love the truth. Allow us to always have a moment where we can sit back and realize and appreciate that we've been separated from the world and that none of us deserved it and none of us did it on our own. We ask this in our Savior's name of Yahshua and we all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, class. Tonight I'll be reading Isaiah, the 43rd chapter from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by A.B. Trena of the Scripture Research Association in College Park, Maryland, Isaiah 43. But now thus saith Yahweh that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am Yahweh thy Elohim, the Holy One of Israel thy savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and will gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together assembled who amongst them can do thing now it shall spring forth shall ye not know it i will even make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert and the dragons and the owls because i give waters in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert to give drink to my people my chosen this people have i formed for myself 
they shall show forth my praise. But thou hast not called upon Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Thou hast not bought me the small cattle of thy burnt offerings, neither not caused thee to serve with an offering, nor worried, wearied thee with incense. Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices. But thou hast made me to serve with thy sins, thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Thank you, Dr. Geller and Dr. DeMassey. And our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Deb Cometti from our Syracuse class and Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside class. We'll be having a three speaker format, each speaker getting approximately 35 minutes. And our first speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Chuck Marshall from our Tampa class. Well, I figured with a whole house full of guests. Could we go to the scripture reading, please? Isaiah 43. Starting at... Please. But now I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Okay, read, when thou through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Now then, in the, uh, go back to... I'll start at the, the first verse that Yahweh is the one that has formed us. He created us right from the very beginning. We were created by him and for him, okay? And he has redeemed us and he's called each and every one of us by name and that we are his, you understand? This is different than what I was taught when I first came in, when before I came into this class and was able to take part of this divine vision and revelation. When I used to read the Old Testament, which was hardly ever, I didn't understand what it was talking about. And I always thought it was talking about Egypt. But Egypt is just a type. Egypt is just a shadow to show forth that after Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection, you see, that me, Gentiles, you see, would be, draft, be grafted in to Yahweh's plan and purpose. But what I was always taught that the Old Testament was about the Jews and the Jews only, and it was a history of the Jews, not even having the slightest idea, you see, that Yahweh is using that as types and shadows to show us that after his death, burial, and resurrection and bringing in a new covenant, you see, that I could be grafted in and I could be considered Israel. Now, there's a lot of Christianity out here that teaches, you see, that the, their church or the the followers of Jesus Christ is Israel. And there's also Christian organizations that teach, no, that that's not true. You see that Israel is Israel. But if you understand the plan and purpose of Yahshua, you see, you understand that after his death, burial, and resurrection, that people like me, you see, could be grafted in 
And these, this is truly using a type and shadow to talk about us today. Could, uh, could you read the second verse again, please? When thou passest through the waters, I will well, be see when you. we pass. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you just a little bit. Uh, no problem. Uh, I hate to be. I'm not trying to be rude. I am. <laughs> I am crude, but I'm not trying to be rude. Okay. So when we pass through the waters, see, in under this age and dispensation, you see, Yahshua is going to be doing the baptizing, and he's not going to baptize us with with physical water but we will be baptized with living water so we are going to pass through the waters and he says in the next line i will be with thee you see and it's just like all the way back through with moses he told moses he would be with them all the way down through the law and the prophets he told the prophets that he would be with them and after the day of pentecost he poured out his holy spirit you see and when he poured out that Holy Spirit, he put it within us. So therefore, now he is with us. Like I said, this is showing forth Israel as a type and a shadow, you see, to us today. He is with us today. Now, a lot of people in Christianity, they're waiting for him to come back. They're waiting to come back in a cloud. Down here, in, because we understand the vision and revelation that Yahweh has sent through Dr. Kenley, you see, we realize now, you see, that he is going to be with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. He will be in us. Now, people like the Jehovah Witnesses believe he's just a force upon you. And the Christianity, they're all waiting, you see, for Jesus to come back. But down here, we know that Yahshua has came back at the day of Pentecost and is now in us. These are things that are profound when you just hear them, you see, but when you come down here and you sit here and you listen to this and you start seeing all the witnesses, you're going to understand and have a complete idea of how your creator is and he operates. You will start to understand something about him, even his purpose and his plan. Okay. And uh, I, I'll, I'll just re, I'll be with thee and through the rivers. Okay, thou shalt not overflow thee, but thou shalt walk it through the fire. You see, at the end of this age, there's going to be a fire. This whole creation is going out in a fire, and we're going to be able to walk through that fire. We will not be burned. You see, at the day of Pentecost, it was tongue, tongues of cloven fire. You see, so therefore now. We have that fire within us. We have Yahshua within us. So therefore, we're not going to be burned when this whole thing goes out. You see? Okay, could you read the next verse three, please? For I am Yahweh, thy Elohim, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. See, Yahweh is our Savior. Well, wait a minute. I thought it was Jesus. You understand? No, it's not, okay? And therefore, he has given men for thee. He has put his spirit within his men or his preachers today. And they are teaching us the vision that was given to us and, and teaching us the things about himself. These things that we are learning down here, we did not learn any other place than by coming to this organization and learning about this vision. It is all Yahweh. 
All I can do is sit here and praise and give glory to him for anything, for any knowledge, for any, any righteousness that might appear, you see, is his righteousness. It's not me. It's not mine. You see, it's him in me. I, we cannot stress that enough, you see. And he, he's given us men and people from, for thy life. When we speak these words, when I am speaking the words that I am speaking tonight, they are, they are either coming from Yahshua, the Messiah, not Chuck Marshall, you understand, or it's a satanic spirit. Now, if I'm lying, you see, and you can pick me up by my tail, or in other words, by what I'm saying, if what I'm saying is true, then you can deduct that it is Yahshua speaking through me. You see, we say that there's judgment. There is judgment to be made. I listen to what the speakers are saying. I'm listening to their words. And to tell you the truth on Yahshua within me, to show me if what is being spoken is true through law, through the law, through the prophets and the witnesses that are being given to me. It is completely different than what I ever thought or what I was ever taught before. I was taught it was me. It was up to me, you see. But as, as one uh, person used to say all the time, you know, if you want to get yourself a God, get yourself a real God. And the world out here has a puny God. They don't, think, they don't think they know what he's talking about. You see, they think that he's sitting back and he's worried whether or not we're going to make a mistake or we're going to do this or we're going to do that. You understand? And he's sitting back hoping that we're going to be okay. It's not like that. You see, once we come down here and we start learning, we start realizing that it is Yahshua in us. It is only him that can direct me. It's him cleaning me up. It's him cleaning my thoughts. You understand? Somebody one time told me, says, you are you people down there, you're being brainwashed. <laughs> well, I had to think about that. And our opinions cleaned out of our mind. But it's not just being cleaned. He is also putting in, you see, the truth about himself. And the, if you, it's like they say, if you want to find out the truth, go talk to the person themselves. Well, he has put his spirit within us. He is talking in us. He is speaking through us. So it's just when you think about these things, it's absolutely, totally amazing. It's mind boggling, you see. But I'm telling you, I've been around here for a few years and I cannot find one flaw in this teaching when it's taught right and when it's taught with the truth. Okay, could you read the next verse, please? Five, fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Uh, one thing I remember when I was uh, in Christianity, it said, to, uh, it said in Matthew, get that please, where you go teach, uh, uh, teach throughout the world, baptizing, you know, uh, Matthew, what is that? Uh, last, last verses. Last verses. 28. Yeah, I think that's it. 28 and 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching so I, them. To, go ahead. 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. I was taught that I had to give money. Now, you gave money to the church. That was the regular, you know, they passed the hat around. And then they would pass it around for the missionaries. And I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Just like I was talking about. Read the next one, please, if you would. Even everyone who is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Uh, see, he's the one. We don't know his name. How can you be called by his name? You understand? He has called us. I didn't just happen to stumble into this organization, you see. I, it was, I was set up. Yes, everything was directed. My, I can look back on my life now and I can see how everything was getting me ready, getting me prepared, having me go through all, even all my hell raising and all the other things, you see, and so that I could pay my, you see, understand Yahshua the Messiah. And I was going to say pay my respects, but even I can't even pay him respect. Any respect I have for him, he's doing it for me and through me, you see, and showing me. He has called us by name he, and he has created us for his glory. You see, that's another thing. I was taught, you see, that I was going to be glorified, that it was about me. But you see, this is for Yahshua's glory. This is for Yahweh's glory. That's what we're here for. He has formed us. He, as it says, he has formed us even before the foundations of this world. This is, you know, hard stuff to, to believe. It's hard stuff. But once you get this understanding, it is, it, I can't, it, it, it makes more sense than anything else. You see, he is all powerful. If we're going to worship someone, let's worship someone with power. And if you're going to worship someone, you better know their name. You see, you can look in the physical example. You see, look at, look at, uh, look at uh, uh, a man and a woman. If you want to get to know a woman, you get to know her name. If you know her name, then you can go from there. If she gives you an alias, a false name, that means that she doesn't want anything to do with you. Maybe she's trying to hide something from you. Now, the world out here has been given a false name, and that name is Jesus. So therefore, there's got to be something wrong here. Either, you see, he's pulling a fast, somebody's pulling a fast one on you because they're giving you the wrong name. And for people out here hearing this for the first time, all you have to do is look up the letter J. The letter J did 900s or so. You say about 300 and some years ago. When Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492, there was no J. He didn't put that flag, you see, in one of the Caribbean islands, you see, and declare it in the name of Jesus because the name was not Jesus. The original name was Yeshua. When Columbus sailed, it was not where you go in the world. My name is the same. My family name is Marshall. If I go to Russia, it's Marshall. If no matter where I go in this world, my name is Marshall. So people that tell me, you see, that Jesus is the English name for the creator, 
they have show me that show me that in the book in the bible you see that that's accurate show me that you see in the creation where that is accurate because we, we i have so much to celebrate i have so much to give glory because my eyes and my ears have been opened okay would we go to verse nine please let all nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. Okay, could you start that again and I'll interrupt this time. Let all the nations be gathered together and like let it. the people. Go ahead. Oh, and let the people be assembled. Uh, like I was saying before, you see, we have this nation here, that is an assembly. We have the Zoom classes. We have the, all the other internet devices here. And this, you see, is assembling us. We are assembled here tonight, you see, at, in this class. Even though we're in all kinds of different locations, we're still all gathered right here together. Okay, and read. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Who among, you see, tonight, you see, they're the ones that can declare this. And that it's not them doing the declaring. Once again, it's Yahshua in them. And once again, you can determine and you can see if what is being said is true or not because of the witnesses that are being given. Could you read next, please? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. So that's what we're doing here. We're bringing forth the witnesses and so that we can be justified and we can hear it. And once we hear it, we say, yes, this is true. This is the truth. If I sometimes think of before I came into this class and I look back at the things that I believed and the things that I thought were true, and for me to sit here and say the things that I'm saying tonight, I couldn't even begin to fathom that I could even begin to think of what I am saying. I, can't, I couldn't even begin to fathom of what the truth really was. It was so far beyond my scope of understanding, so far beyond my scope, you see, that there was no way it took you see, coming down and being educated. Come, that was one thing I never liked when I was a young man. I didn't like school. I hated school. Didn't want to be there. I come down here to this school. Now I love school. Now I want to be educated. Now I want to know why this is what it is and why that is what it is. How Yahweh does this and why Yahweh does that. You see? This was completely beyond my scope of understanding or even the scope of a thought in my head. That is how profound this is. Okay, could you read the next one, please? 10, ye are my witnesses, saith Yahweh Elohim. See, we are Yahweh's witnesses. You see, that's why we're here. That's what we're doing. We are his witnesses. Jo the Jehovah Witnesses think that they're the witnesses. You see, I have a sister that is Jehovah Witness, and I've talked to her, and I've studied their doctrine, and there is no way, you see, 
We are his witnesses. Read. And my servant whom I have chosen. Now here's the thing of it. The servants that he has chosen. I didn't choose him. I didn't have enough education. I didn't have enough smarts. I didn't have enough anything to even begin to see, to choose him. I didn't even know anything about him. How can you choose something when you don't even know anything about it? He chose me. He chose you. It had nothing to do with me, you know, coming in, uh, hearing the first class I came to and hearing a lecture. And I said, hmm, that sounds good to me. I'm going to take it. No, it was just, it was, wow, this is true. They showed me through witnesses. They showed me, you see, that what they were saying, it was true. They didn't say, believe me, I've been sent by God, you see, or anything like that. As a matter of fact, they said that this came through a vision. And when I heard it came through a vision, I went, oh boy, not another one, you see. But this vision, Dr. Kinley said, make me prove it. Now, that's the first time I ever heard any minister or anybody that was trying to tell me anything about God, you see, that it could be proven. As a matter of fact, I was told that I wouldn't be able to really know anything about God till I died. You see, not understanding at the time, I was already dead and I had to be made alive before I could understand anything. You see, read on, please. Five minutes, Dr. Marshall. Thank you. Thank you. That ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before mm -hmm. me, before me, there was no Elohim formed, neither shall there be after me. There is only one. There is none before him. There will be none after him. He is the only one. He created this whole creation, you see. To bring forth offspring, like he told Adam, when Adam, you see, was created, the first commandment, be fruitful and multiply. And that's just a type and a shadow showing forth that this whole creation for, Yash, for Yahweh, you see, to procreate. We are his children. And I am happy. I am so happy that I have been included in that. Somebody that didn't deserve nothing, somebody that didn't even begin to deserve any of this blessing, then he has smiled upon me. Okay, and uh, read 11, please, and I'll, I'll, I'll be down. I, even I, am Yahweh Elohim, and beside me there is no Savior. There is no Savior other than Yahweh through Yahshua. Yahweh is salvation. I cannot save myself. I, the only one that can save any of us is Yahshua the Messiah. All praises, glory, and honor go to Yahshua the Messiah and his father Yahweh. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Marshall. And our next speaker will be the dean of our Green Bay class, Dr. Andy Verkaterin. Hello, everybody. Hopefully everyone can hear me okay. Yes. I always want to check with that first, just to make sure I'm not talking and 
nobody's there. <clears throat> I really enjoyed what Chuck Marshall had to say. Um, and it brings back to memory in my mind, what it was like when I first came to class. I came here because my brother was into something uh, strange and he was in high school. And this was over 40 years ago. And um, of course, because I was confirmed Methodist, my, and went to Sunday school and my parents had me go down and see what my brother was into. And, and I've been coming to this class ever since, 40 some years later. Now, one of the things the founders said is he had a divine vision and revelation given to him by Yahweh. And if that really happened, if he truly had a vision and a revelation given to him by Yahweh, that should trump any teaching or understanding in the world. Because I've never heard a preacher say that they had a vision and a revelation from Yahweh. I've pretty much been taught Lord God and Jesus like Chuck. And you have to be water baptized and all this type of stuff. But the founder said he didn't want you to just accept it because he said it. He said, you make me prove it. And the reason why I'm sitting in class today, 40 some years later, is because I've been satisfied. I, the information that I've learned down extreme profound knowledge and um, <clears throat> never heard the name Yahweh before I came to class, never heard the name Yahshua, but come to find out it is the truth and never knew anything uh, about a tabernacle or a pattern in the universe. I didn't know that a cell went by a pattern and Adam went by a pattern and your Bible goes by a pattern. Um, history goes by a pattern. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know there was an old covenant, uh, a covenant being agreement made with the children of Israel and the children of Israel. I, I just thought we were all God's people. And those Jews back there were basically to start up and we're just all being following. They had a totally different understanding in every aspect of, uh, than what I've learned in class. It, it, to me, it, it just it's just amazing. And our aims are set up by our founder. Uh, and he took a lot of time to sit there and talk uh, about, you know, to, to develop these aims. And the very first aim, first of all, what an aim is, it's a desire, it's a goal, it's an objective. It, it's something that you want to achieve. And the aims of our school the first one is to help you find and know Yahweh or Elohim as he really is and actually exists. And I've been coming now for 40 some years and I would bear, I would also believe that Chuck Marshall and many other people would say that that first aim has been achieved. Chuck Marshall has been helped to find and know Yahweh RLM as he really is and actually exists. And so have I. And that's why Chuck is coming to class to this day. And that's why I'm coming this day here. The aim has been achieved. 
And we're also, the second aim is to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. That has also been achieved. There are organizations that believe that the women in the church are to be silent because it says in the Old Testament, not realizing that under the covenant we're under now, the new covenant, that we are all women spiritually because Yahshua is our husband and we make up that bride. So really the only one that should be talking is our husband Yahshua. Should, should be Yahshua speaking through the vessels and not uh, you know, the bride, so to speak, the woman. And it doesn't matter how old you are or, or what race you are or what nationality you are. Or, or it, it's irrelevant because Yahshua can speak through any any vessel now. And so it's been achieved. Um, and then also the third aim is to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature, nature and the powers of the man. And we have investigated and had many lectures through the years talking about spirit law. What is spirit law? How does it work? You know, and we get into that and we show how there's spirit law and there's also the law of spirit of life, which is in Yahshua Messiah. And all these things are in the creation and in man. We never knew anything about that. We also want to encourage and promote the study of scriptures. And we encourage people to go get your witnesses in the law and get your witnesses in the prophets and, you know, get an, uh, an example in the creation showing forth or, or see if you can find an example in the pattern to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures compared to religions. And we, we want to compare what we've learned down here to what we've learned in our, our, the churches we've been brought up in. And what we've been learning down here isn't anything like what we've learned in the churches. And the fifth aim is to extirpate current superstitions, skepticism, and ignorance. And we had all kinds of crazy superstitions and skepticisms. For example, like one of the th things I was just thinking about today is in Christianity, it's commonly believed that everyone, when they pass, they're going to go visit St. Peter at the pearly gates. And you're going to have to stand before Peter and give an account. Well, if you think about that, <clears throat> And I never really questioned that. I just believed that. But that's a superstition. It's, 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 uh, it's, 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 it's something that's believed that, you know, nobody ever, you know, reading the Bible that Peter was given the keys, but people don't understand what that's talking about. If you took the population on earth, there's 7.9 billion people on this earth. We'll just say 8 billion people. And if we all had to, just the people that are alive today had to visit St. Peter, if you divide 8 billion by 24 hours in a day, meaning everyone gets an hour with St. Peter to go through your life, to decide whether you go through the pearly gates or not, to get into heaven, if it's 24 hours in a day, that's 333,333 days or, or hours, excuse me, in 8 billion. Now, if you divide that by 365 days in a year, if you had to stand in line to go talk to St. Peter 
at the pearly gates, you would have to wait 913,000 years, excuse me, 913,242 years to see Peter. Now, I think I'm fairly patient man, and I know there's other people that are much less patient or some people more patient than me, but if I had to stand in line to visit St. Peter for 913,000 years, you want to talk about hell. You know, or, or poor Peter has to be the one that be in line talking to everybody for 913,000 years. Could you imagine that superstition, that skepticism is just, it's, it's a Santa Claus thing. It's like how does Santa Claus deliver presents to the entire population of the world on Christmas Eve? Could they make it like a magical thing? It's a superstition. It's, it's just not the way it is. It doesn't work like that. Uh, but we believe those things. And, and heck, I was just last summer, we were camping and we stopped in a, in a uh, Amish store and they had the sign right on the wall saying we are. so they look at that literally they have no idea what that's really talking about and you know and, and the sixth aim is to learn know and understand the operate operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages and we talk about Yahweh's purpose and how it operates in the dispensations and also how it operates in the ages now the seventh, you know, so those things, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is they're not just our aims of the school, but they're also being achieved by members who have attended these school classes for many, many years. Um, and seven is to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, serpent, the devil, or dragon, Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. And um, and we never knew anything about who the devil was and how that worked and what is the mystery of iniquity. But, you know, we, we get into down here and show how the mystery of iniquity is working through those churches and how Satan is deceiving the whole world. We've got the whole world following everything but Yahweh. They're following Jesus or Buddha or some crazy thing, but nobody's following Yahweh, but a very, very few and eight is to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. And we get into all those things. We talk about faith, how it was by faith that, you know, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. And, you know, and it was faith with, with Noah and faith with Moses and all these different types of things. And how faith, it's an attribute. You know, we always looked in Christianity as faith as being an action word or verb, but we want you to recognize faith as, as, as a noun. It, it can be both, but the noun part we want you to see is a noun is substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's evidence of things not seen. It's an, act, it's an attribute. It's a fruit of the spirit. We want you to see how that works and, and so forth. And nine is to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. We want you to know that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That, that's been realized by people down here. We're not following Jesus anymore. We're not following Kinley. We're following Yahshua. 
<clears throat> we're following Yahshua, the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's guiding us in our hearts and minds. The founder, he's the one that had the divine vision revelation, and it was the Holy Spirit teaching through our founder. The Holy Spirit has always been the teacher. <clears throat> like it says in John 14, 26, which is the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Now, and then 10 is um, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua and Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in a newer state. And we look at our chronology chart <clears throat> and our chronology chart has us in an age right now. If we zoom in on the chronology chart, um, that would be great. We have ages and dispensations. Now, the first age on the top is the creative age. And then that ends with uh, a divine ordering. Uh, 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 uh. It ends with Adam leaving the Garden of Eden. Now, we, the age after that, the second age is the antediluvian age. And in that age, we have uh, dispensations. And, uh, and let me just, um, if we look at that age, for example, the first dispensation is called the Edenic trans, uh, dispensation, not Adenic, it's Edenic, because it's the Garden of Eden uh, dispensation. And you can find this in the textbook on page, um, a volume, um, it would be textbook, uh, volume um, one, page 93, it talks about our ages and dispensations. Now, in the antediluvian age, the first dispensation is the Edenic dispensation, which was, you know, the Garden of Eden and Adam leaving the Garden of Eden and what's going on with mankind all the way down to the Noahic uh, dispensation, which is also in the second age. And that's dealing with the time of Noah and the people before Noah and how he had to build the ark and, and the age closed out with that flood. And then when you go into the third age, which is called the post-Diluvian age or after the flood, you have the first dispensation. The third dispensation in there is the Abrahamic or the Melchizedek dispensation. And this is how it's labeled in the uh, textbook. Now, now, um, then that ran from Abraham's promise and the time with Abraham being blessed by Melchizedek and, you know, and how the Melchizedek priesthood and all about that stuff. And then, then the, after that, you have um, Yahweh chosen Israel because he swore an oath with his father, Abraham. Uh, he made a promise with Abraham, their father. So Yahweh chose Israel. And that was the beginning of the Mosaic uh, dispensation, which was the Mosaic law and the law of uh, cardinal ordinances that went all the way down to the closing of that age, which was um, at Yahshua's death. Now that age started on the next age. We are currently in the fourth age or the present kingdom age. Now in the present kingdom age, that fifth dispensation is referred to as a church or a dispensation of grace. It's, an, it's a dispensation of grace because now we can enter the church or the body of Yahshua 
through grace. It's, it's not like we're choosing to become a member of the body of Yahshua. It's by grace that Yahshua is choosing us to become part of the church or the dispensation of his body or grace. And then the sixth dispensation in that same fourth age is referred to as the immortality or the kingdom um, dispensation. Now, immortality, why immortality? Because once you receive the Holy Spirit, you now have immortality, but we do not have the immortal glorification, which is coming in the next age. So we have immortality in the kingdom of Yahshua, Yahshua Messiah, being a recipient of receiving the Holy Spirit, you now have immortality. And there's a transcript where the founder actually talks about those of you with the Holy Spirit have immortality, but you do not have that immortal glorified body yet. Now, when we cross over the fourth age and we go into the fifth age, the fifth age is also a kingdom age. Now, that kingdom age, uh, that dispensation in the kingdom age, that seventh dispensation is a sabbatical and a kingdom uh, dispensation. It's a kingdom and it's a Sabbath or a rest. So that seventh dispensation sets up that Sabbath or the rest. Now, when you go into the ages to come, which is the fifth age is an age to come. The sixth age is known as the perfect age. And that's not in time. The kingdom age is not in time. The perfect age is not in time. And then the seventh age, which is the uh, uh, last age, is called the Sabbath age, which is also the rest when this thing all gets wrapped up. This work week or this age of week of ages uh, gets wrapped up in the seventh age. Now, the thing about that, we're in a kingdom age and and some people believe that we are currently in the fifth age. Now we're being prepared to move into the fifth age because we have an immortal uh, uh, spirit having the Holy Spirit, but we do not have that immortal glorified body. Now, one of the ways we know that we are not in that uh, fifth age is number one, is if you look at, uh, it's not on this particular one, but time runs uh, all the way up to the universal revelation of Yahshua Messiah. Now, we have not had that universal revelation of Yahshua Messiah yet. So we are still in that fourth age. Now, if we went to the textbook, of, let's, let's get that in the textbook, because I want to read this particular part of it, because uh, we're talking about the kingdom age, and we'll keep... Uh, making some points about this. Now, let's get textbook volume one, page seven. And drop down to step 14. Now, if we drop down to step 14, the step, what, what these 14 steps are, these are all things just like the angel where the founder felt it was extremely important that these things should be understood. Now the 14th step is the importance of really dividing the seven dispensations and ages. Now, we just went through uh, some of those things. I won't read that paragraph. I'll drop right down to the word age that's big there. 
in ages, a particular period of time or history as distinguished from one uh, or historical, uh, for example, an age, you know, the creative ages, one particular period of time, you know, the distinguished from another, which would be the antediluvian age would be another uh, particular period of time that ends at the flood and so forth. Now, for example, each age is approximately 2000 years long, not exactly approximately. Some are a little longer than that and some are shorter than that. <laughs> the antediluvian age is a short age, 1656 years beginning as finishing the creation at the ending of the flood. Now, the second uh, age or the post-diluvian age, excuse me, which is actually the third age they have at number two here, uh, is a long age. It runs 2,377 years beginning after the flood and ending at the cross or Pentecost because Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is what ushers in the current present kingdom age that we're in right now. Now, when you look at the, the th number three there, it says the present age must be a short age beginning at Pentecost. Now we know that when Yahshua died and went through his death, throne, and resurrection, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost. It will end with the revelation of Yahshua Messiah from heaven, which will usher in the age of immortality, which is the age we're coming into. So that has not happened yet. So we cannot be in the fifth age yet even though we're being prepared to be able to cross over into that fifth age, but we have not made that, we did not have a universal, universal means everyone's gonna see this revelation of Yahshua Messiah. So that just flat out didn't happen yet. And that's right in our textbook. And I just wanted to offer that little piece up there in case somebody was struggling with the difference between the fourth age and the fifth age and where exactly we are. Now, we're in the kingdom age. So that means there's gonna be things about the kingdom that need to be understood. Now, first of all, let's get Luke 12, 32. And then right after that, I want John three and three. Could somebody read Luke yeah, 12? Luke, Luke 12, what was it, please? 12 and 32? 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, who's speaking here? It's Yahshua, right? And he mm -hmm. says, fear not, little flock. First of all, it's the father's good pleasure to what? To give you the kingdom. Now, the kingdom we're talking about is the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah to be a part of his body, to be in the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah, which is appropriate for the present kingdom age. And it's to be in that body or the church of, and it's grace. That's how you get in there. Now, when you go John, the third chapter, verse three, let's get that for you, please. John three and three, Yahshua answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of Elohim. Now, first of all, it's a pleasure for him to give you the kingdom. Now, how do you get in the kingdom? Unless you be born again, you cannot get into the kingdom any other way unless you're born again. 
And when you're born again, what happens first? Read. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Yahshua answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Elohim. Now you notice the first time he said, unless you be born again, you cannot see. The first thing he said, you cannot see the kingdom unless you're born again. So in other words, you need to have eyes through being born again to be able to even see the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah. And then the second thing is, then he says, then you can enter. You can't enter something you can't see. And that goes along with the scripture reading where it talks about uh, in 43, verse 8, he says, bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. So Yahshua is choosing us. And what he's doing is he's blessing the parable uh, in, in Matthew. It talks about uh, uh, Matthew uh, 13th chapter. It says, why do you, you know, why they're asking Yahshua, why do you speak to everyone in parables? And in verse 10, he says, it's because it's not given to them to know the mystery of Yahweh, but it's given to you to know the mysteries. And when you drop down to around verse 16, read Matthew uh, uh, 13, verse 16, and we'll see what he says about the condition of a person's eyes. But but blessed are your eyes, for they he see. He said, blessed are your eyes, for they walk, for they for see. So in other words, when you're born again, that is a tremendous blessing because it's allowing you to see the kingdom. And blessed are your eyes, for they can see. And blessed are your reed. And your ears, for they hear. For they hear. And you'll know that when Yahshua healed that blind man in John the ninth chapter, if you read uh, uh, John the ninth chapter, uh, get that for me, please. Start at one and we'll drop down to where he actually spit on the clay. John nine and one. Mm -hmm. And as Yahshua passed by, he saw a man who was blind from his birth. And here's a man that was blind from his birth, or, you know, the guy physically couldn't see, read. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So in other words, they're trying to find a reason why he's blind. And Yahshua says, neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of Elohim should be made manifest to him. So in other words, Joshua was healing a blind man to prove to you he could heal your eyes. And to prove to you that he could heal your ears. Read. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Mm -hmm. When he had thus spoken, he spit on the ground and made clay of the spittle and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. He anointed the eyes. So in other words, he anointed a blind man's eyes so he could see from a natural standpoint to get you to see that Yahshua can anoint you. When you were anointed, when you anoint a high priest, he receives the Holy Spirit or, or the Holy Anointing Oil. 
So it's a principle of receiving the Holy Spirit. And receiving the Holy Spirit is anointing your eyes. It's blessing your eyes. You're born again to receive the Holy Spirit so you can see the kingdom. You're born again so you can enter the kingdom. We are in a kingdom age. It's age of grace. It's a church age. And we are receiving immortality through the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah. We are exactly where we should be right now in the ages and dispensations. We have not had the universal revelation, but we were going to cross over soon, very, very soon. So, so, so that, that's the thing about that. Born again, we cannot see. Now, you get the 1 Corinthians uh, 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 15 and 50. It says, flesh and blood. Let's get that. First Corinthians 15 and 15. Uh, now, I, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. Neither so does if it was flesh and blood, that means it would be somebody's nationality or somebody's race or somebody's gender or something like that. But flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. Read Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Mm -hmm. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We shall all be changed. Read. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And we all come into class, we say DOA, dead on arrival. This dead soul is going to be changed or quickened by the holy spirit to be made alive so this dead soul is this, we come into class deal a and we're resurrected right there in the chairs through the foolishness of preaching we're resurrected into the kingdom of yash and messiah in flesh and blood it's okay Dr. now let's get um uh because the scripture reading talked about um let's get of verse 10, please, in the scripture reading. Isaiah 43 and 10, ye are my witnesses, saith Yahweh, and now, my servant. Under the old covenant with the children of, 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 of Yahweh, they were called Yahwists. They were witnesses to Yahweh. They were the Yahwists. And you are my witnesses, read. You are my witnesses, saith Yahweh, and my servant, whom I have chosen. Mm -hmm. that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. So the children of Israel, it says in Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter, he said Yahweh chose them because he loved them. He swore an oath to their fathers. He didn't choose them because they were the greatest, but they were the fewest. But he swore an oath. He chose them. He chose Israel to know Yahweh. He chose Israel to be his witness. He chose Israel that they might know him. You know, the job of the high priest was to teach the people. So then in the, in the prophets, we have being ready, or you are my witnesses, who am I have chosen to know him? So the prophets were handpicked or chosen to know Yahweh. Now, when Yahshua in fulfillment says in John the uh, 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 15th chapter, he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now, Yahshua is fulfilling that principle of choosing people to be his witnesses he chose those 12 disciples to be his witnesses he chose those those 12 disciples that they might know him 
they can be coming to a profound knowledge of who Yahshua and Yahweh really are. And that's the same thing with us, is we are being chosen by Yahweh to be uh, 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 his witnesses. We're being chosen that we can know Yahweh as he really is and actually exists. Now let's get First uh, Thessalonians 2 and 12, please. Go ahead, Deb. First Thessalonians 2 and 12, that ye would walk worthy of Elohim. Who we want you to work worthy of Elohim. Read. Who hath called you unto his kingdom he and glory. called you unto his kingdom. You didn't walk into the kingdom on your own. You didn't stumble into the kingdom. You don't even know where to look for the kingdom. Yahshua came and found you and called you into his kingdom. And there's many scriptures. Go ahead and read. For this cause also thank we Elohim without ceasing, because when he received, when ye received the word of El, which ye heard of us, ye received it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of Elohim, which effectually works also in you that believe. It works in you that believe. That's how we're into the kingdom. We are, he called you into his kingdom. Now, Let's get James 2 and 5, and I think that's probably about all the time I'm going to have. Let's get James 2 and 5, please. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hearken, not... my beloved brethren. Now, the brethren are those people that have the same knowledge and understanding of the gospel. We, worldwide, under this teaching, are brethren. We are, worldwide, part of the assembly of Yahshua as far as this teaching goes. It doesn't matter if you're from Canada, from the United States, Jamaica, uh, England, uh, Zambia, or whatever country you're from. If you're part of this gospel, you're part of the church, you're part of this body of Yahshua, and, and um, you are part of this, the holy brethren, read. Hath not Yahshua chosen the poor of this world to be rich? And in all of us were poor. None of us had any kind of, um, we were poor in the spirit. We had no understanding of the riches of the glory of Yahweh. Read. Hath not Yahshua chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? Which he, he wants you to be rich in faith, rich in this stuff. Read. Rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that loved him. He, are, he is making us as members of his body, heirs, joint heirs with Yahshua in the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah. Receiving immortality, we got in there by grace. He chose us to become part of his body. You don't choose to become a member of the body of Yahshua. You can choose to be a member of the IDMR, but you cannot choose to be a member of the body of Yahshua. That is Yahshua's choice. He picks his assembly. He picks his church. He picks his witnesses. He picks those people who he wants to know him. And those people become heirs, joint heirs with him in the kingdom of Yahshua Messiah. And I hope you got something out of it. We do the best we can in the 35 minutes we have. I know I edited, uh, cut through some things, took some liberties, hoping that people had some basic understanding on some of these things, but I hope you got something out, out of it. 
Thank you very much for the time and I'll turn it over to the moderator. Thank you, Dr. Verkateran. And our third speaker this afternoon will be the Dean of our Syracuse class, Dr. Patrick Trevison. Oh. oh, can you hear me all right? Yes. Uh, I'm gonna carry on. Enjoyed the first two speakers and uh, let's go to the scripture reading. And um, Oh my goodness. Oh, pick it up in five. Isaiah 43 and five. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Now he's talking about bringing people from all the corners of the earth. And he's talking about bringing them together. Uh, he picks this particular thing up. I think again, it's in Ezekiel 36. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what verse it is. 3624. Thank you. Go ahead. I, Ezekiel 36 and 24, for I will take you from among the, the heathen. So and he's talking, he uh, says Yahweh Elohim, and he's talking to Israel now. And he's saying, I will bring you from among the heathen. He's going to bring them from among the heathen. They had been in Egypt. They had been in captivity in Babylon. They had been in captivity in Assyria. And he's going to bring them from among the heathen, from all the corners of the earth, from the east, from the west, from the north, and from, and from the south. Read. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. Then he's going to sprinkle clean water upon them. This is not physical water. This is spiritual water. This is the truth. This is the gospel. This is the name of Yahshua the Messiah. This is the clean water that he's going to sprinkle upon them. And unfortunately, as Andy said, we have got to cut corners here. Just talking about water is a two hour class. 
but go ahead and continue to read. Uh, I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. And it's going to clean you up from all your former nonsense as your, for, as your first speaker talked about. And we, some of us came into, well, all of us came into class with a whole lot of nonsense in our heads. And some of it was Catholicism, and some of it was Lutheranism, and some of it was Episcopalianism, and some Methodism, some Judaism, some Islam, some Buddhism, some uh, Rick Trevisanism, <laughs> some Chuck Marshallism. Mm -hmm. There were all kinds of isms that we came out of and all kinds of nonsense in our heads that had to be cleaned up. Read, please. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. Going to cleanse us from everything. Everything. He's doing the cleansing. Not Chuck and Yahweh. It's Yahweh Elohim that's doing the cleansing. Read, please. A new heart also will I give you. Now and he's going to give you a new heart. It's him that's giving you the new heart. It doesn't mean he's going to give you a physical heart transplant. It means that he's going to give, give you a soft heart, a heart that can hear, a heart that's warm, a heart that's pliable, a heart that cares, a heart that can hear. You have to hear inwardly, not with the two ears, on the sides of your head. You have to hear with your inner man. You have to hear with your soul. You have to hear with your heart. That's the new heart he's going to give us. Read, please. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. Take and the I will hard, hard, heart away that hard heart away i don't care i'm not gonna apologize to them i'm right about the thing i'm not gonna come i'm not gonna apologize you see just a hard heart we had read please i will and a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And put my spirit within you. He's going to put you. his spirit. He's giving you the spirit. And he's going to give you the spirit. The Holy Spirit. The law of the spirit of life in Yahshua the Messiah. That's the spirit that he's going to put within you. 
Read, please. And cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep mine ordinances and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your Elohim. That's good, Deb. Now we got to go back to the scripture reading. Okay, starting at 7, Isaiah yes. 43, 7. Mm -hmm. Even everyone who is called by my name. Well, how were they I... called? How were they called? By my name. They were called how? By his name. Now, this is so important. They were called by his name. No other name. There's no other name given under heaven whereby you must be called Yahweh Elohim, Yahshua. That's the only name you can be called by. That's the new spirit that he's putting within you. Read, please. For I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Now he's he's done this for his glory, not your glory. He's done this for his glory so that he might be glorified. And now go down to 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith Yahweh Elohim, and my servant whom I have chosen. And yeah, my servant who chose me. No. Well, what's it say? And my servant whom I have chosen. Whom I have chosen. Now, I know how badly you want to hang on to that choice. I know how badly you want to hang on to that free will. But listen, he's doing the choosing. And it's all through the book. And it's all through the law and the prophets. You can believe what it says in the book. Or you can stick to that hard heart. It's entirely up to you. Read, please. That ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no Elohim formed, neither shall there be after me. There was no Elohim formed, and there won't be after me. This is it. I'm the only one. Read. I, even I, am Yahweh, and beside me there is no Savior. I am Yahweh, and beside me there is no Savior. Meaning, Yahweh is salvation, or Yahshua. Yahweh is salvation. Now go down to 14. Thus saith Yahweh, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. He's redeeming us. He's redeeming. He's redeeming our souls. Not our physical bodies. You know what? The devil don't even care about your physical body. 
It's your soul that both mysteries are after. It's your soul that's important. It's that inner man. It's that nature that dwells in that inner man. Read, please. Thus saith Yahweh, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake have I sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose song is in the ships. He brought them out of that Babylonian captivity. Read. I am Yahweh, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Uh, get the 17, 18, and 19, please. Who bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise. They He's are talking about when they came out of Egypt. 600 chariots, 600 horses, 600 men. 666 on that pharaoh of Egypt. Read, please. They shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched as a wick. They shall not rise. They did not come through that Red Sea. Israel came through the Red Sea. Pharaoh and his hosts were drowned in the Red Sea. Read. Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Don't consider the things of old. Read. Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Jeremiah 31, 31. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Oh, here's that new thing. Here's that new thing, folks. Behold, the days come that I will make a new covenant. Is that what it said, Deb? Yep, that's correct. Read. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Yeah, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, because they had split after Solomon's death, his sons Rehoboam and Jeroboam split the kingdom, and you had the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Read. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. No, it's not going to be. It's not going to be like the covenant that he made with them in the day that he brought them out of Egypt, where Pharaoh and his host were drowned, and Israel came through the divided waters of the Red Sea and into the wilderness of Sinai, and he made a covenant and married them at Mount Sinai. He made a covenant with them. And this is considered the old covenant. Now he will do this new thing. And this new covenant will not be like the old covenant. If you know what the old covenant is, and if you understand that it had physical, earthly, 
and temporary things involved in it. And it had ordinances, sacrifices, suppers, baptisms, ceremonies, circumcisions, and there were 613 ordinances to it and that they were supposed to keep it. And it was, it was imposed on them. Oh, my, keep reading there, Deb. Verse 33, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts. Now this and is going to be the difference. The old one was external. It was, they knew what they were supposed to do, but they just didn't have the heart to do it. They just couldn't keep it. So this time around, it's not going to be like the old one. He's going to put it right inside of people. I will put it in their inward parts. Read that. And write it in their heart. I'm going to write it in their heart. Now, when he writes it in your heart, guess what? It's giving you a new heart. That soft heart. That new heart that he talked about. In Ezekiel, read. And write it in their hearts and will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. And I will be their Elohim and they shall be my people. Now that's good. Now, I, I want you to, uh, I will do this new thing. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, I, Hebrews, Hebrews is what I want. Uh, ninth chapter, uh, beginning, I think, in eight or nine. Hebrews nine, almost there. Hebrews nine, eight. The Holy Spirit thus signifying that the way into the holiest of all now, was not yet the, made. If you read the first eight verses, or seven verses, it talks about the tabernacle. And the, the tabernacle was the way of worship back there in the wilderness of Sinai. And it was a dwelling place for Yahweh Elohim in the most holy place. And it was a way of escape for Israel. It was a way that they could atone for their sins. He gave them a way out. He gave them a way so that they didn't have to suffer death. Read, please. The Holy Spirit, thus signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present. This was a figure. This was an example. This was pointing to something better, better, that was going to come. Read. In which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him 
that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Now the high priest and the priests who offered gifts and sacrifices and did the things in the tabernacle, it could not make them perfect as pertaining to the conscience. So if it couldn't make the high priest perfect, it certainly couldn't make the people perfect. So they're all walking around with condemnation in their consciences. Read. Which stood only in foods and drinks and various washings and carnal ordinances. Carnal ordinances, physical things, physical ways of worship, physical, physical ways of worship read imposed on them until the time of reformation these were imposed on them until the time of reformation it was imposed on them it was an imposition it was not something they wanted to do they didn't have the heart in them to do it it was going to have to wait until the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on mankind on a permanent basis for the first time in history. And when it was poured out into their hearts and minds, it changed them forever. And it converted their soul and it transformed their nature. And they were never more the same. And that's, that transformation, that conversion is still going on tonight. It's still going on today. It didn't end in 33 AD. And the Gentiles were brought in seven years later in 40 AD. So it's no longer for the physical Jew only, but now it's Romans 2, 28 and 29, if you would grab that. Romans 2.28, for this is not a Jew who is one outwardly. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. This is Paul, right, Deb? That's correct. And he's speaking to the Romans. And do you have a, a, a timeline on this? Um, AD 57 to 58. All right, this is AD 57, 58. So this is roughly uh, 25 years after the, the day of Pentecost. So Pentecost was poured out previous to this. They are in the new covenant now. They are in the present age of grace that Andy had talked about. The present kingdom age. The present kingdom age which i've been trying desperately to get to and it's oh it's 
these things are hard. You have to have a, you have to break it down. You have to simplify it. But I want to go to, would you grab the Babylon chart for me for one moment? Now here you have a man by the pattern laid out across the Mediterranean Sea. And what it's showing you, it's showing you that serpent in the bottom right hand corner coming out of the Garden of Eden and he has a crown on his head and he's coming down through history, showing that the kingdoms in physical world are his kingdoms. And you have to go into the, the sixth chapter of, of Genesis and we do not have time to do this now, but Babylon is the head of gold, media Persia is the chest of silver, and then you have a brass midriff region, and then two legs of iron and clay. And that's showing Babylon, and then was conquered by uh, Persia, and then was conquered by uh, Grecia or Alexander the Great. And then these kingdoms, these kingdoms, this is important, the word kingdoms, these kingdoms were conquered by Rome. And Rome ruled the ancient world back at that time. The ancient world. Now you read the second chapter of Daniel when you have time, when you have an opportunity. If you have questions, feel free to call me. But go to the 44th verse of Daniel, the second chapter. Forty-four. And in the days of these kings. Now in the days of these kings. In the days of these kings. Herod, Cleopatra, and Augustus, and Caesar, and, and uh, the Babylonians, and, and the Romans, and in the days of these kings. In the days of these kings. Read. Shall the Elohim of heaven. Shall the Elohim of heaven. That's Yahshua. That's Yahshua. Read. He came into he came into the world, and that began. That was in the year zero. Okay. For the sake of simplicity, or the four thousand year and then 33 years later would be the day of Pentecost which began the present age of grace or the present kingdom age read shall the Elohim of heaven set up a kingdom now he's gonna set up a kingdom and Israel was waiting for a redeemer to come in and set up a physical kingdom that was going to be like the kingdom that Solomon had with riches and glory. And he had wisdom and kings and queens came from around the world to consult his wisdom. And he had a navy and he, listen, 
they were waiting for that kind of a kingdom to be restored. That's not the kind of kingdom he came in to establish. He came in to establish a spiritual kingdom. And it's going to be in the hearts and minds of men when he puts his nature in your soul, when he puts divine wisdom and knowledge and love and beauty and justice and foundation and power, when he puts those things in your soul, that's the kingdom in you. That's his kingdom. Read, please. Which shall never be destroyed. It will never be destroyed. All those kingdoms, all those kingdoms were destroyed. The Nazi empire was destroyed. The British empire was destroyed. The Americans are working on theirs now. The Russian empire was destroyed. All these empires in the world have been destroyed. The empire, listen, the kingdom that he's going to set up will never, never, when he puts his nature in you, it will never, ever be destroyed. Isn't that something? Isn't that something that you can just, it's just wonderful, beyond words. Read, please. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break into pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. And it shall stand forever. Now, get me quick, uh, Luke 1, 30 through 33. Luke 1 and 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with Elohim. This is and the angel talking to Mary now. Yep. Read. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Now that son wasn't Joe and Mary's kid. That was a, you understand, the Holy Spirit. Put that in, put that child in that woman. Read, please. And shall call his name Yahshua. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And Yahweh Elohim shall give to him the throne of his father, David. And shall and give to him the throne <coughs> of his father, David, or the kingdom. Stand it, Deb. Uh, one more. He okay. shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, Luke 17, 20 and 21. Luke 17 and 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of Elohim should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of Yahweh cometh not with observation. Of, they asked him, when will the kingdom of Yahweh come? 
And he said to them, this was his answer, the kingdom, what? The kingdom of Yahweh cometh not with observation. Listen, you cannot see this with your physical eyeballs. This is not a kingdom you're going to see physically. It doesn't come with physical observation. Read. Neither shall they say, lo here or hey, lo it's there. Over here. Hey, it's over there in Syracuse, New York. Hey, it's in Oceanside. Hey, it's in Dallas. Hey, it's in Florida. It's not here and it's not there. That's what it says. Read, please. For behold, the kingdom of Yahweh is within you. The kingdom is right within you. Right within you. And, you know, these boys, these billionaires are going up into outer space looking for things. They're going down to the bottom of the ocean. And here we are sitting in this little house and we got the kingdom right within us. We don't have to go outside these four walls right here. Five now, minutes, Dr. Trevison. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> uh Get for me, Second uh, Peter. Uh, uh, oh, okay. No, never mind. Um, give me Matthew. Or no, Colossians one, twelve and thirteen. Colossians 1 and 12, giving thanks unto the Father who hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the sons and light. Now we're giving thanks unto the Father, right, Deb? Correct. Who has made us fit. He has made us fit to be inheritors of the sons in light and co-inheritors with Yahshua the Messiah, co-inheritors. You know, you just simply don't believe these things on your own. And I'm sorry, you need help to believe stuff like this. You don't sit down and say, oh, I believe that. <laughs> because you just can't. It's just too fabulous for you to believe. You need divine help. You need divine help to hear this, to understand this, to read this, to believe this. Read, keep reading, Deb. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Now he has delivered us from the power of darkness. We all came into this class in darkness. Every single last one of us came into this class in the power of darkness. And he delivered us from that 
sitting right on the chair. Instantaneously. Read, please. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Translated us into the kingdom, the kingdom, translated into the kingdom of his dear son, Yahshua the Messiah. I thank you very much. I know I've truncated this. I hope that someone was edified. All praise goes to Yahshua Messiah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Trevison. We'd like to thank everybody who participated in our Zoom class today. And we'd also like to thank those who have joined us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class here every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask that the class stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.